All right. Welcome to Car Thoughts with David, everyone. And today I've got a very special interview for you guys with Rhonda uh, Delaney. And uh, she is going to be talking about, uh, we're going to talk about people gardening and leadership simplified. And Rhonda, if you'd like to just introduce yourself and then we'll get started with the show. Okay. Well, I am Rhonda Delaney. I live in the gorgeous Pacific Northwest. And for 15 years or so, I was a, a corporate person. And last year, that all ended. And I decided to take my, my passion, the thing that I was the most effective at in my job, and turn it into a business. And that is leadership, simplified leadership. Very cool. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you know, something that I think a lot of business can really you know, benefit from because so much leadership and hierarchy in business is very, um, very complex for very little good reason other than <laughs> that it just, you know, makes it look like, I don't know, we're busier than we are. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, we, as, we as humans, for the most part, don't really like change. And so we just kind of accept what is instead of asking why why are we doing it this way why do we have to do it this way is there a is there a better way is there a different way and something that was really clear to me is that so often people are promoted or moved into a position of leadership, of management, supervision. And the reason that they're moved there is because they excelled at a task in their previous position. And it caught the attention of upper management. And they go, wow, that person's really good at that. We need them to run that department. And then those poor people, they don't know anything about managing humans. And they fall flat on their face. They hate their job. They go home and they kick their their frustrations out on whoever happens to be close. And it's really sad because it's not them. It's they were not supported. They weren't trained. They weren't encouraged um, in how to actually work with people. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a big deal. It's a big problem out there that. People managing, managing human beings isn't always easy. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. And I almost feel like uh, there should almost be like a course on that or, you know, like say in school or college, if you're going into some kind of a, a business role, um, you know, it almost be helpful to have something like that because, you know, if you do really good and you work very hard and that's what, you know, we as humans do, we want to work hard and move up the ladder and, and achieve uh, greatness. And, um, you know, you, you eventually have a point where, you know, you've got people that are working under you <laughs> uh, as you as you move up through the uh, the ranks at whatever your specialty is. Yeah, there's there's no question. Uh, there's a lot of things that should and could be taught in school <laughs> that would be really helpful just in living life because leadership isn't just in the work environment. I mean, it's, it's in our home, you know, as, as um, adults, as parents, 
even as teens, you know, with younger, younger children, there's lots of ways that we can exhibit leadership. And to me, leadership is caring about the person and making sure that they have everything that they need in order to do well and to evolve and become their, their best self. And it's slowly in the workplace, it's slowly becoming recognized that the human element was taken out. You know, years ago, it was do it because I say so. And the, the everything, every business was run um, from fear instead of from love and, and encouragement and acceptance. So my, my philosophy, I guess you'd like to call it, it all stems from the garden. I'm an avid gardener. And when you look at a garden, and I mean, you can see it in magazines or you see it in movies, that kind of thing, you're taken with the overall beauty of the garden. And yet if you were to break it down, there's so many different types of plants. There's so many different colors. There's so many different shapes. That's what the human garden is all about. It's let's have all of these different ones because they make a beautiful, spectacular garden and just embrace them and let them be where they need to be. One of the things in the, the garden when you're gardening, you have to be willing as a gardener to dig up a plant when it's not thriving, when it's not doing well in one spot. You thought it would, but it needs more light or it needs more water or it needs more shade. And you have to be willing to transplant it so that it can thrive. And it's the same thing in the workplace with a with a team of people. You need to care enough about that person to find out what really gets them fired up and what they're good at and make sure that they're in that spot. So it is... I keep saying this, that leadership is simple. It's not always easy, but it is simple when you just care about the human that you're leading and you want the best for them. You want to make sure they have all of the tools they need to do the job you've asked them to do. So that is what my Leaders Grow First course uh, is all about. It's just four modules. It's care, support, nurture, and recognize. Don't complicate things. We as humans, we're complicated enough. <laughs> Let's keep it simple <laughs> when it comes to comes to just helping somebody become their best. And you can you can have these teams of people that are so enthused and energized and engaged because they're happy in what they're doing. And they know that they're appreciated because you are doing everything you can for them to succeed in order for them to succeed. So true. So true. And I, I think, you know, what you said with the garden um, is, is really is really amazing because, you know, when you when you look at a garden, you know, as a as a gardener, you know, you like you said, you sometimes have to move those plants to where they get better light or rearrange them, but you always put them out in a way where, you know, they get the best 
um, growing environment uh, so that the garden itself looks as beautiful as possible. And at the end of the day, you know, that's the same thing with, with work. Like you said, is just, you know, you find what your, your team is good at and you, you know, work with them and move them into those positions. And, you know, you have this just beautiful, you know, work environment where everyone's doing what they're good at and they're, they're thriving and growing I mean, that, that is really so key because so many businesses, it's just like, well, you know, this is your job and, you know, we can't move you because we need you here. We know you're miserable here, but we really need a warm body here. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, uh, you know, they complicate it by trying to make it where, okay, I can't lose this person. But really, if they would just move that person somewhere else, I'm, you know, they would see that there's someone else that can go into that role as well and, and uh, make it um, – you know, work even better and increase their productivity. Yeah, and I I understand that when businesses are on the smaller side, everybody has to wear a bunch of hats and there's tasks. And I'm not advocating that nobody ever has to do a task that they don't like doing. I mean, we all have things that we don't really like doing, but we do that anyway. It's more an acknowledgement to the person that, I get that this is your favorite thing to do. Tell me what is your favorite thing to do. And let's see if we can find something that will fit that. So they understand that you care about, you care about them in their role and in their job. And you're gonna work at getting them into a position that they really enjoy. Most people are, pretty patient if they know and trust that their inimitable leader is working towards resolution of whatever whatever it is. I have to tell you a story. Uh, when I started in the sales department at this job that I worked in for 15 years, I set out the first year and I put together a year-end report had a bunch of questions in there, um, asking them to define what was good about their year, what wasn't, uh, other departments that touched them, what was their biggest frustration, what were the stumbling blocks, what were the roadblocks, if they could do something different, what would it be, what programs were driving them nuts. I mean, it was a large um, report. And the first year, there were several that didn't fill it out at all. The others that did, it was, you know, one or two word answers. It took me three years. The third year that I did it, uh, I it was the breakthrough year. So that's another thing with leaders. You have to be patient <laughs> because things aren't going to change overnight. But they actually believed in their heart when they filled this out that I was going to read every word, I was going to come to them, I was going to get clarification if I was unsure. And then that was my to-do list for the rest of the year, is solving all these problems, removing all these roadblocks, opening up these doors that each of them felt they needed in order to do their job. And it was really, really effective. 
Plus, it gave me a much better insight into all of the challenges that they had doing their job. Because I, I wasn't doing their job, they were. And so I, I learned so much from them as far as the inner workings of the company. And we fixed all sorts of problems. And, you know, we created this wonderfully um, beautiful, thriving team of people that knew that they could speak up and they would be listened to, that their opinion was appreciated, their insight was appreciated. And as a leader, as a people gardener, that's what it's all about. It's all about them. It's never about you. It's always about them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's uh, that's really key because a lot of people, if they feel valued, like you said, you know, they're willing to be patient. They know that you're working on their benefit. Uh, you're working on their behalf. You're trying to solve these problems. And I mean, that's really important because a lot of businesses I know I've worked for plenty of companies myself where, you know, I can honestly say I didn't feel like, you know, if I raised my hand, anything at all would happen. And when I worked at those places where I knew that it would, you know, I was so much more engaged because I was, oh, good, you know, we here's a problem. Let's go get this fixed. Let's go bring this shine light on this and we can start trying to figure out a solution. So, you know, from the employee standpoint, I can definitely say that, you know, I definitely felt um, more um, engaged and more willing to come forward, like you said, where it took like the the three years before you had that breakthrough, you know, I felt more willing to come forward and to share those things because I knew that um, that was being looked at and taken seriously. And, um, you know, my opinion was valued. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And the reality is there's no place for ego in leadership because the collective brain power of your team far exceeds your own. <laughs> You know, they, be, between all of them, throwing in their thoughts, their ideas, their insight, their experience, the conclusion of the matter or the solution to something is always far better and far more effective than if you as a leader just sat at your desk and tried to figure it out yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I can't remember where I read this. It was obviously online, but, um, you know, I read that uh, um, I, I can't remember. It might have been on Twitter or something, but it was a uh, quote that said, um, you know, no one, uh, no business has ever been uh, run successfully by one person. Uh, or something to that effect. I'm probably butchering the, the what I read there, but it, it was something to that effect. And it's it's really so true. I mean, you need all of these people to to work together in a cohesive unit to uh, make you successful. You know, from the yeah. janitor up to the CEO. It, listening to um, the people that are actually doing the work, using the programs having to operate in the system that has been set up is vital because they're the experts. One of the things I used to tell, <clears throat> tell the, the salespeople, they were president and CEO of their desk. So the buck stopped with them. If there were problems, if there were issues, 
if there were needs and they didn't speak up, things weren't going to go so well for their company at their desk. <laughs> you know, if they needed resources, if they needed help, if they needed a, a program fixed, all of that kind of thing. And so they needed to look at their job, their position from that perspective and own it. And I, I'm listening. I'm, I'm happy. You need to come, come to the board meeting and <laughs> tell me what it is that you need and, and helping them understand that they were in the driver's seat. They were the ones that could affect change, could make things better, is what gave them the courage to use their voice. And by the, by the end of it, I was the, that year-end report that I would get for them from them. I was getting, I think my longest one was 13 pages. And most of them were around four or five, you know, in answering these questions. But I just, I would lock myself away. I'd bring them home. I'd go through them with a fine tooth comb because this was gold to me as a leader because it gave me all sorts of insights and informations of how I could help them more effectively, happily, creatively do their job. And the side benefit to me is they made me look really good because they were way more productive, sales increased, overtime went down. I mean, there were, the metrics that my boss looked at <laughs> were fabulous. And what I did was simply serve them, get them what they needed, how they needed, when they needed it. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the end result, you know, is those those metrics. That's what everybody looks at. Eventually, you get higher up that ladder is how does it look on paper? And, um, you know, and that shows, you know, that really shows a, uh, someone who is a great leader uh, versus someone who might not be as good of a leader or someone who's not as much of a uh, people gardener, <laughs> um, you know, because the, you know, when when people feel respected and listened to, they're going to put forth more effort and they're going to be more productive in the hours that they are there. Like you said, as far as the cut down in in overtime, um, because they're not going to be sitting there like God, you know, it's, uh, four hours till I go home and I'm going to go and watch this YouTube video and I'll get to it later. And next thing you know, they're like, oh crap, I got to send this by end of day, and it's oh, it's five thirty. Shoot, I need to send this. <laughs> <laughs> so well, and. Yeah, it's looking, I never worried about the metrics that upper management was looking at. I never concerned myself with those because I knew that if I focused on my team and getting them what they needed to do to perform their task, they knew what their job was. It was to sell product and to sell it with as little amount of discount as possible. You know, there, there's, there were rules there as to what they could do and what they couldn't do. But I knew that they would exceed those metrics if I spent all my time focused on making sure they had everything to do that job and to do it well and to do it in a timely fashion. And it, you know, it, it proved proved out. 
yes, there were some that uh, we vacated out of the building, some that we added, some that I mean, people that had been there for 10, had been there the same length of time as myself. So I, as, a, as a gardener, as a people gardener, it is about understanding every single person and what they need individually as a human to do their best work. And if you spend time focused on that, you're going to have a group of people that are incredibly happy and productive. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, uh, you know, and, and, you know, like you said, that's one thing you really, especially nowadays, now that that shift is going back more towards, uh, you know, more towards the person and, um, and their needs. I'm seeing a lot of shift in that as far as people I'm talking to on, on LinkedIn, uh, like yourself and, and, um, you know, in business. And it's, it's really amazing to see that transition because I feel like as, you know, this shift happens, um, you know, really some amazing things are going to be able to be done in business because you've got these people that are more engaged in their jobs. And therefore, I think there's going to be, you know, real business breakthroughs that we haven't seen before because these leaders, uh, you know, like yourself are starting to follow this model um, and, uh, you know, and grow these uh, uh, people gardens, you know, in their, in their businesses uh, worldwide. Right. There's, there's some great folks out there that are working hard at that. I mean, Brene Brown, a lot of her writing is around the same thing. Simon Sinek um, is fabulous. You know, I really encourage your listeners to go and, and look at his YouTube videos. He's He's an amazing fellow. Another man that just came out with a new, uh, new book, it's called Back to Human, is Dan Shawbell. And he spent years uh, researching and spoke to, oh, huge numbers of people. Um, and a lady that I follow on LinkedIn and absolutely love her to death is Claude Silver. And she's the chief heart officer at Vayner Media, and if anybody's on social media, most of them have heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Well, she's the chief heart officer, and again, all this humanness—you know—just accept people as they are. Find out what lights them up. Find out what they're good at, and then plug them in there. Quit trying to make them do something that they don't like or that they're no good at. <laughs> Get them all fired up and excited about what they do best and it just it just changes the dynamic in the in the team yeah i mean and that just comes back to creating those those human uh, connections with people you know getting to know becoming um a part of the team you know as a leader you know you can still know who you're leading and that's very important um, you know, I mean, several times uh, with my boss, you know, he just pop into the, the office, into our uh, into our area and just sit down and hang out and just talk and not about work, you know, just talk about, you know, how we're doing uh, recent vacation uh, that we had. 
things like that, you know, just to get to know us on a personal level. And, um, you know, and the, so he could better understand when it came time for projects or things to work on. You know, he'd be like, well, you know, David just did this and worked on this. So, you know, how about I see if he wants to help out with this? And, you know, so uh, that's so key is just knowing who these people are, getting to know them on a personal level. And then you can easily find those those things, like you said, that light, light them on fire and then put them in those uh, projects, those roles, those responsibilities and, you know, great things happen. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I was just uh, thinking this morning, actually, when I was at the gym on the treadmill, <laughs> getting warmed up to do my workout, um, of coming up with a, I don't know, maybe a 25 point uh, sheet as part of my part of my course of the do you know do you know them and and what color do they like what car do they drive do they have a long commute are they busing it uh, are they are they married are they single do they have children what are they really good at because so often as a leader, as a manager, you're not spending enough time focused on really getting to know that person, every single person in your department, you, and you need to. And, and you genuinely have to care. And often people are moved into a leadership that they don't care. That's not the first place that they go to. It's not that they can't get there but it's not who they are as a person. And leadership is a verb. You don't get to just get the title, get the office, sit at the desk, and just expect everybody to do everything else. It's a verb. You have to be actively engaged with your people. You have to be act actively solving problems, actively removing roadblocks, actively committed to your job and creating a people garden that is dynamic and gorgeous. And everybody else wants your garden, wants to come and be a part of your garden. So often leaders people that managers I've heard this a lot well you know the the culture in our company is yeah, it's not that great and you know I, I'm waiting for upper management to you know come down with this edict about changing the culture and all the rest of it well you don't have to wait you can start people gardening right now in your department and making that change there. And then what happens is other people notice, other people, because they're looking at this beautiful, highly functioning, highly engaged, happy group of people <laughs> performing at their best. It's really cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and people will take notice and then they'll be like, hey, um, you know, I see that your team is changed. You know, what are you doing differently so you can actually literally change the culture from uh, within? Because a lot of times, 
you know, when you get up so high in leadership uh, roles, you know, they don't know what's going on on the ground level. So they don't know that a change is needed. Whereas you're right there. You see the potential, you see the problem, you see the roadblocks, um, and you can clear those out of the way. And then, you know, next thing you know, uh, you know, you've got another team doing it, another team doing it, and, and it, it uh, grows from there. Yes, sir. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, dear. And you know what? The thing about gardeners, uh, natural gardeners, uh, not afraid to get dirty. You know, you got to get in there and dig and you got to prune and you've got to transplant. Sometimes you've got to get rid of a lot of the dead stuff in order for a plant to thrive. And it, as I say, leadership is simple. It's not always easy because sometimes the hard task is sitting down and talking with someone and letting them know that they have a behavior that is consistently causing them problems and they need to get rid of that behavior. It isn't that you need to get rid of the whole person. It's just no, that is causing problems. So we need to get rid of that. So you, th- those are conversations that you that you have to have. But when you have created this trust and this openness and this loving, caring environment, those kinds of conversations are a lot easier to have because the response to them, when they know that it's coming from that kind and loving place, it's typically not bad. You know, they, they might be disappointed. They might be a bit embarrassed. They might be those kinds of things. But you can move on. You say, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, I'll work on it. And then that's it. And as a leader, it's done. There's no, there's no grudges. There's no uh, negativity. There's nothing. You just move on and you carry on. That's what pruning is all about. You're just taking it off and you're throwing it away. Yeah, just making room for, you know, the adjustments that need to be made, clearing clearing out space, removing the weeds, yep. so to speak. Yep. Yeah. Well, and one of my one of my big things in my my class, the weeds, don't get me started on the weeds. The weeds are the uh gossip the insidious yuckiness that can come the politics the backbiting the backstabbing the the unhealthy competition all of those kinds of things and as a people gardener your job is to make sure that you're maintaining and you're pulling (laughs) the weeds you're dealing with the weeds all the time so that they don't choke out the plants absolutely yeah <laughs> so uh definitely didn't catch that as the weeds when i was thinking of it when i said it originally but yes that's that makes perfect <laughs> sense because uh, i was like oh the weeds and the pruning and oh yep yep uh, yeah gossip and all that absolutely because that will definitely that'll definitely um mess up a good garden as well you know that yeah. that uh that it, it feeds into everybody you know there's an energy you know, yeah, to a, to an environment and a, to a team. 
Yeah, the weeds in a, in a natural garden, they are my nemesis, right? It's like, okay, they're messing with how my garden is looking and feeling to my, to my eye and to my heart. The pruning part of it, that is for the health of the plant. That's for the benefit of the person. That's to help them see what needs to be removed so that they can be better, that they can be the best self that they can possibly be. It has nothing to do with being, un, um, what's the word? Ugly or unsightful or uh, anything like that. Pruning is for the health of the plant. Same thing with the human. The pruning part of it is for the health of them, for, for their psyche, for their heart, for who they are, so that they're free to actually become them be their best self. Very cool, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, yeah, I mean, and that is all, you know, important, and it's, it's simple it's simple lessons, like like you said, leadership simplified, and it it, it all makes sense. And um, you know, and that's what leadership should really be: is it should just be simple. Because if you're making it about the person, you know, you're not complicating it because it's just about individuals. You're leading individuals. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel or or create the wheel in the first place. <laughs> Um, and, and I think that's really something important that any leader uh, who's listening to this uh, can definitely apply is if you just break it down and keep it simple and just, you know, focus on what you're doing, taking care of these people, the rest of it's going to work out on its own as long as you're focusing on that little part. <laughs> and I truly believe that human beings are inherently good. They, they don't deliberately be obnoxious, uncooperative, or any of those kinds of things. And if you have a conversation in an open way about what the expectations are and what their needs are, it can all slide into place pretty simply. Very true. Yeah, because I mean, as long, as long as you have those open lines of communication um, and they feel safe talking to you and, you know, you've made it a safe environment for them to talk to you, then, you know, that's a place where they can come and say, you know, hey, I'm kind of having trouble with this or that. And then you can solve those problems uh, quickly and easily before they get out of hand yeah, and um, that, or become they become gossip or anything else, too. That is such a win. It always thrilled me when they came to my office. It, that is a huge win as a leader. And as a leader, you need to make sure you always have time. Anybody that comes in, absolutely come ahead. What is it? What do you need to talk about? What do you need to share? Because it takes effort and it takes courage on the part of uh, an employee to come to their leader to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, no, 
nobody ever wants to really necessarily admit that they're having problems or that they're struggling. They want to be doing a good job. And, you know, it's it, like you said, it does take effort because you're like, I, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I, I want to be doing a good job. <laughs> I'm having problems. So, yep. you know, let me go to them and, and discuss that and, and hopefully figure this out. And, um, yeah, that's so key because, you know, that's, that's the other thing about making it a wel- welcoming and open environment is, you you lessen that that wall. You break down that wall where they just are kind of like, yeah. But what if they judge me or or think I'm doing a bad job because I'm coming and asking a question every couple of days about something because I'm just having trouble getting this and you know yeah, walking walking around and just being visible, chatting with people in you know at their desk in the hall that kind of thing helps you become more approachable and the more approachable you are the more information you're going to get in order to do your job well and to be able to help them do theirs well yeah absolutely i mean and that's key like like what i was saying with with my manager you know he comes in he checks on us he talks to us uh he hangs out in the room you know and and so that kind of gives us that uh that rapport and that that back and forth um you know where we can yeah, I used to bring my espresso machine from home, <laughs> um, and I do it. I don't know every few months or so, and I'd make coffees for everybody, um, not just my team, but the. It was only a company of uh, about forty-two people, and I'd set up and I'd play the barista for you know the first hour and a half that I was uh, I was there. You know, regularly brought coffee cake, uh, would go and I'd eat my lunch in the lunchroom, same place that everybody else was eating, just interacting. I mean, coming together with them, human to human, not boss, leader, manager to employee. And it makes it makes a difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really does. Because, you know, like I said, you know, that, that breaks down those walls. The more that you're there, the more that you're visible, you know, they feel more comfortable. And, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's so key for effective, effective people garden is being present, being, being aware, being visible. Definitely. (laughs) Well, um, I just really, you know, want to thank you for coming on the show, Rhonda. I know we haven't really talked too terribly much before. Uh, you know, we've we've exchanged some con- comments and, and uh, stories on LinkedIn. Um, but as far as uh, if people are willing to get in touch with you or reach out to you, um, what is the best ways for, for people to do that? Uh, well, if they're on LinkedIn, it's Rhonda Delaney. LinkedIn, they can shoot me a message. My website is rondadelaney.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram at The People Gardener. So they would be able to find me there as well. They can DM me on Instagram or on Facebook. And uh, my email is rhonda at rondadelaney.com pretty simple <laughs> so they feel free to shoot me a, an email as well very cool well thank you very yeah. much my and my course that's coming out is called leaders grow first and i'm hoping to have it launched my it will be launched the 6th of march is is the plan right now so very good very good awesome well thank you so much uh and um 
thank you for coming on the show. And uh, like I said, we'll get this aired tomorrow. And I'm going to put all your social media links in the show uh, description as well so that people can easily find you. And uh, uh, thank you again. Hey, everybody. David here from Car Thoughts with David. And I just want to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book, because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them, and that's all well and good, but sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So, I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So by all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.